Wondershare Video Converter Ultimate makes life easier by providing you with a variety of video tools. Welcome back to Beers Up Sports Talk, Episode 9, Sebo in the house, Debo in the house. As usual, we start off with the beers. Debo, what you drinking on? I'm back with Iron Duke Brewing, 4 a.m. Got delivery this weekend on Saturday. Great system. Even got a sticker with it. Pretty excited. Beautiful. And what kind, what kind of beer is 4 a.m.? It's a uh, New England style India Pale Ale. Beautiful. And I took a trip to Wachusett Brewery today to pick up some, some IPAs as well. This is a Wally Juice, a little extra juicy New England IPA, as usual, in the fancy glass, because I am fancy. So is that close to the Duval transfer? It, I mean, yes. I mean, if you really want to see it, there it is. There, I mean, if I could pass it to you, I would. Um, we're going to get started tonight by looking at the results of the NFL draft for both the Packers and the Bills. But before we get started, D, anything that surprised you about this weekend? There actually were a couple things that surprised me. We had Philadelphia Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts. Man, I, I was kind of surprised. It was – I mean, we're going to talk about the Packers because that was surprising in and of itself, but I don't want to waste that for here. But, you know, they draft a quarterback. They have Carson Wentz. And either they don't trust him to stay healthy or they're going to package him a little bit like they did, uh, like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson and Flacco and maybe get Wentz off the field a little bit, maybe do some, you know, Taysom Hill, Drew Brees type things and – get him out in space and see if he can break a few things. That's, that's what, that's the only reason why I'd see you would draft him when you have Carson Wentz. It's not like a, a Rogers situation where Rogers has got two to four years left probably. And you're trying to find that next QB. You, you drafted Wentz. He, you paid Wentz. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they're doing that. And then I, I think the Pats not drafting a QB is a super surprise. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm actually speechless. It's kind of like the Packers not driving, uh, drafting a wide receiver. Like, you have a serious need, and mm-hmm. you don't do it. You don't fill it. And they said that it was because it's just how the draft went. Yeah. And I'm not sure I agree with that because you can always make the trades or just, just draft someone. I don't know. Well, I, so – those are two things that I, th- I thought did stand out, and I want to talk about those in a minute. I, will, I was going to say that I thought it was surprising how the first 10, 12, 14, 15 picks, there wasn't a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. And, and, from, and from what I read after the fact, there wasn't a lot of effort at, at the movement. I mean, I think there was some, some conversations about that third pick, but it didn't seem like there was a lot of, a lot of pressure put on these teams to make a deal. And so I thought that was a little bit surprising that there weren't any trades up into those top picks just because there were some really good quarterbacks and some really high end defensive and offensive players. Um, the Hertz thing in Philadelphia, I don't know. I think I've learned after watching all of these drafts is that different teams evaluate different players on, on different levels and different scales. Right. And so Absolutely. I think you're right in a sense that they are a little bit worried that Wentz hasn't been able to stay healthy and, and, and maybe with the way that the, the game's changing a little bit and maybe seeing the mobile quarterback a little bit, um, you know, Philadelphia felt like they could do something with Hurts. But at the same time, right, if you're going to pay Wentz a lot of money, you need him out there on the field to be your quarterback. And, and they didn't need a QB, right? And, and I don't know that bringing a rookie in to be your backup is necessarily a good thing if your quarterback's going to get injured all the time. 
right? If right. you have Tom Brady, and we'll talk about the Patriots in a minute, but if you have Tom Brady and you want to bring in a rookie quarterback so he can study and learn, that's great. But there's a real chance that Wentz is going to end up on the sideline for some of the season. Yeah, and, a couple and, games. And Hurts is a good quarterback, but I don't know that he's ready to step into the to an NFL-style offense and go and go for it. And so that was a little bit odd. And with the Patriots not drafting a quarterback, uh, honestly, I would have loved to see Belichick and, and Co. like jump up into the top of the first round and take a quarterback just to kind of, you know, zag when everybody expects them to zig, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that this is a guy that's going to trade back. He's going to draft a whole bunch of guys because he knows that the reality is most of the guys you draft in the NFL don't become superstars. But if you have a whole lot of picks and you draft a whole lot of guys, then hopefully a whole bunch of them can become NFL regulars. And if you get a bunch of NFL regulars and you can put them on the field and teach them the way you want them to play, then you can be successful. Um, yeah, I've read a little bit about the fact that it just wasn't the way the draft went, but they had a lot of assets and they could have made the draft go the way they wanted to. Absolutely. But the Patriots are never going to – I mean, they're just not the type of team to trade up into that top ten and try to go for a quarterback. And the reality is – for them to move all the way up into the third spot, which is what it would have taken, or I guess the fourth fourth spot, um, yep. they would have had to give up a ton. Uh, and and I, they do have an older roster. And that's one of the results of going for the Super Bowl every year is that you do have an old roster and you do need guys to come in and be able to fill those spots in the next couple of years. Well, I think that's probably why Miami wasn't willing to trade up. They're like, Tua, you know, he, he could be there or he won't be there. Like, they didn't want to take the chance. I mean – you're going to have to give up a ton of capital. Even at worst, you have Fitzpatrick still next year, who had a good connection. I know you're, you know, you're, you're not feeling Fitzpatrick, but if you had said, okay, they still have Josh Rosen. I've been like, all right, I can get down with that. No, but I'm saying they have Fitzpatrick for another year. Right. And you know, he had good rapport with Parker and you know, I, I think they were like, if he falls to us, we'll take him. but he's not going to, he's not going to break our draft. And I think the same thing with, with the chargers, they're like, if Hebert falls to us, which, which great job by you seeing that happening. <laughs> Props there. I mean, the, you know, everything worked out with the way each team went. I'm, I'm sure Detroit would have rather fallen to the, the fifth or sixth pick and got all those draft picks. But, right. you know. But I, got- I think, I, I think it, this is a unique draft in that Cincinnati was always going to take Burroughs, right? And mm-hmm. Washington had already drafted a quarterback. Detroit doesn't need a quarterback. And so – Miami and, and, the, and the Chargers were in a unique, unique place that they didn't have to feel that pressure to trade up. You know, in years past, there's been and, – and, and I guess the other thing I was going to say is there's not a lot of teams out there that need a rookie quarterback right now, right? right? It's a weird time in the league where, you know, a lot of teams are kind of set at quarterback, whether it's a young rookie that they're still trying to figure out or a veteran that's, that's been doing it for a long time. And so you have these – there were only a few teams and only a few spots where quarterbacks were going to be taken. Um, and so – I think the Chargers and the Dolphins figured, like, listen, we're probably going to get one or the other, so let's just sit back and hang tight. And if we get wind that somebody's going to come take a quarterback, there's a good chance that we have we have a better asset to kind of be able to step up and make a move. Yeah, no doubt. So, the Green Bay Packers. Speaking of quarterbacks, speaking of the NFL draft, speaking of Devin Laramie, how do you feel this draft went for the Packers? How do you feel about them taking a quarterback in, in round one? Tell me everything. Lay well, it on me. I want I'm to feel gonna, it. Just, just spit at you here. I mean, so first thing, I will start off with my hot take and how freezing fucking cold it was. 
<laughs> well, I will say, no, and we on. talked about this. Hold on. Let me just say this. Your, uh, your hot take was a take that I, I thought was legit until there was a huge run on, on the big wide receivers yeah. early on in that first round. Like, yeah. as you're watching the draft, you're like, okay, if the first wide receiver doesn't get taken until here, there's a chance. But when they started to come off, yeah. and especially once, like, when Riggs was the first one that came off, Rugs, yeah. you knew that there was still Lamb, and you, you knew there was the other guy from Alabama. Like, you knew those guys were going to come. Those guys were going to go quick. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it wasn't it, – it, Freezing cold take. And it, you know why it's freezing cold? Because they didn't draft a receiver in the entire draft. The deepest wide receiver draft in years, five years, six years, there were 25 legit prospects out there, and they did not draft one receiver. Yeah. Yikes. But let's see what else they did. No, I'm okay. Let's, okay. I'm over that. It, it is what it is. <laughs> They, they must love what Funchess is going to bring. They must believe that, you know, Kumaro or, you know, they're, I don't know. I, like, I can't even talk right now. I'm so frustrated by it. They must really like these guys. So I can look at it as, I'm going to look at it as me as a fan. And then me, it's still a fan, but realizing that it's a business. So as a fan, I'm disappointed because I want to win now. I, I want them to go out there. I want them to win the Super Bowl. But you sit back and you, you think, like, they're actually, even though they made it to the, the, champion, the NFC Championship game, they're probably further away than their 13-3 and record showed. I mean, they couldn't stop San Francisco. They couldn't stop a legit pass rush to save their life. Like, they against San Diego, uh, yeah, was it, were they San Diego last year still, or were they LA? It doesn't matter. The Chargers mm -hmm. and then San Francisco, they, the Bosa's crushed Green right. Bay. Right. And then they couldn't stop anyone. So they went out, they got three offensive linemen to shore up and give some, some help on the offensive line. And then they got another pass rusher on the edge and a linebacker that, you know, fifth round, Kamal Martin, Still wish they went after receiver there with KJ Hill on the board, but you know, can I tell you that uh, Kamal Martin, this linebacker that we're going to be starting in the NFL, or you know, will be playing in the NFL, committed to East Michigan as a quarterback. If it's not Cam Newton, probably not the best quarterback you, you could have. He also missed five games with a knee injury last year. So, you know, we got Kirksey, who missed last season with a knee injury, and now our other inside linebacker. I mean, and maybe I, if he played all, all those games, he might have been like a third-round draft pick. Maybe he's a diamond in the rough. Hey, maybe. Um, yeah. So, we'll go with the, top, the first three rounds. I was going to say, why are you dodging that first-round pick? What are you doing? We'll go with that one last. Josiah Degura, tight end. Tight end. Tight end, yes. No, you know, weapon. It is, a, it is an offensive weapon. Pass catcher, um, from what they say, they want to use him like Kyle Juszczyk. So maybe a little uh, fullback action coming out of the backfield. Um, and then maybe in the slot a little bit. So, you know, again, great. I thought that's what we were going to do with Jay Sternberger. And, you know, they talked so high on him. So now we have two tight ends that are the same type of player, plus Mercedes Lewis. Patriots, Circa, Hernandez, Gronk. It's just like they're doing that. pick that surprised me 
but the more I sat on it, <coughs> okay, this is not the pick that surprised me, but it, 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 it's still surprising. <laughs> AJ Dillon out of BC, like, it surprised me. Aaron Jones, we, we, we did hashtag free Aaron Jones. Right. He, got, he finally got in there, scored 20 touchdowns, you know, between receiving and rushing. MVP for me. He was fantastic. Jamal Williams even had, you know, out of the backfield, a lot of, lot of receptions, some great big plays. He had that enormous catch against, mm-hmm. oh, goodness, can't remember, in the back of the end zone. Can't remember who. I think it was against Denver. But it was just great catch, kept, kept the season going. And then they had the Tyler Irvin, the, the returner. So they already have three running backs. Right. right. Why did they do this? Then I watched, I watched some film. I had not seen it. Dude's a monster. Took took Jair Alexander on in college, ran him off, then right comes right up the next guy and just throws him off and runs for like sixty yards or fifty yards, whatever that's it was. Beautiful. So that's in- intriguing. So it, it makes me think of a healthy, in shape Lacey. Okay. Which is great. Not I not mean, the overweight. I ate too much food, Lacey. No, not that one. So I'm hoping that we get that out of him. All right. So Jordan Love, I I mentioned. I, th- I feel like I mentioned quarterback in our, uh, in our conversation last time we talked about the draft. It's not a terrible idea to go get possibly your future. Cause we talked about Tim Boyle mm-hmm. and what is he? Right. And, I don't know what a Tim Boyle is. Right. If it's a Tim Boyle on your ass. I don't know. Um, they, <sighs> we compare it to the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. That's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was expected to be a, a first or second draft pick. Period. Never mind right. first or second rounder. Right. San Francisco and Alex Smith, and then Rodgers kept falling and falling and falling and falling and falling. And at some point, someone had to take him, and they got him in the twenties. Got Jordan Love in the twenties. Fantastic. Difference is they traded up for him. Yep. And I have no problem again getting the future but we all know as i've said before aaron Rodgers is a diva this pissed him off them drafting drafting trading. so was brett Favre. so brett exactly Favre, right but brett Favre is a diva right i'm gonna retire i'm not gonna retire i'm gonna retire i'm right. not gonna retire. right so in the end this is what's gonna happen they are gonna make a decision in the next two years if jordan love is gonna be their future and they're going to either try and move Rodgers in the next after you know after the next two seasons because that's when he gets into like the thirty-five to thirty-eight million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. The cap hit will be about seventeen million. So I think you try to win for the next two years with Rodgers, and then you have to get Jordan Love starting after th- in the thirty in the third year of his contract. So that way you can decide if you want to keep him for your your fifth year rookie extension. So how how long did? did Rogers sit before he took over six years. So, and I was having this conversation with a couple of buddies this weekend because we were talking about that and, and, and they were thinking that Rogers like basically didn't sit at all. And I was like, no, I think the guy sat, for, I think he sat for like five years. I, I think the only thing that I'll, I think everything you said is right. There's a couple of things I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to talk to you about that. One is you don't necessarily need love to sit for, for only two years and then make a decision. Yes, you want to keep him in his rookie contract. You want to have him in his rookie contract. But I think the reality is, even if this guy plays his entire rookie contract on the bench, 
and then he becomes the starter, he's not going to be making, you know, at that point, it might be $40 million a year. He'll probably be right. making $20 million a year, right? And so that's going to be less than Aaron Rodgers is making. And yes, at the same time, you want, you, you want your investment to pay off, but it, they're playing with house money, right? The Green Bay Packers have had a, a two Hall of Famers in a row. There's yep. not a lot of teams that could ever say that. And they're, they're, so they're just playing with house money. And I think the point, I think the point they must have made or their, their, their front office must have thought is like, look, this is the guy we like the most in this draft. Let's go get him. He can sit for as long as we need him to sit under Aaron Rodgers. He's kind of this new wave quarterback in the NFL. He can run. He can throw. I've heard that he, had, he has, you know, some of the best mechanics in, out of these rookie, this rookie class. And so my guess is they just said, like, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like Aaron Rodgers gets pissed off. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is always pissed off. Like the guy's <laughs> always annoyed. Someone doesn't catch a ball, he's blaming everybody in the world. So like, it's not going to change the way Aaron Rodgers feels. Yeah. If they went out and drafted four wide receivers, he'd have found a way to get pissed off anyway. Okay. And so like, for you as a fan, I I think it's great because there's a good chance you might have found your quarterback in the future, and you still have a Hall of Fame quarterback who's still really fucking good. Right. Like I mean, when it originally happened. I was irritated. Like, why are we not doing something to win now? And, you know, it's not always about that. It, it, it should be, but there's sometimes it's the right call. Again, I think the trading up to do it is frustrating because you lose an extra pick, like in the fourth round that could have went to a receiver or, or another, you know, linebacker that didn't. You really, come. you really want, maybe there's a free agent or a trade to be made. Who knows D? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never know. They, they, that OBJ is still out there, right? Right. right. Though I heard he's not going to be traded. So I, I will say this though, a lot of what you've said, and as, and, and again, we have long been Bills and Packers fans yep. and the Packers have for the most part been very good. And the Bills for the most part have been very bad. Yep. When you say, you know, I understand the business side of it. Like the yep. only thing I want to say is, you can get the right the hell out of my face. Like you should always be trying to win because the business side is if you win a Super Bowl, you get a whole bunch of money. If yeah. you're in playoff games, you get a whole bunch of money. And I would love in once in the last 20 years for my team to have been going for it and trying to win it all. Right. And, and again, I think the bills are moving in that direction, but like the idea of like, as a fan, like being like, Oh yeah, like let's draft the quarterback of the future. Like I'd be, I'd be ripped shit right now. I'd be, through the roof. And I think you kind of are, but you're keeping it together because you're better than uh, me. Well, I'm trying to keep it together because like who gives a shit what the what the front office thinks about the future? Like if I'm a fan, like you just had a chance to get a top a you know a top wide receiver. You could get C D Lamb and one of these other guys and instead instead you've got a quarterback. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is pissed, but as a fan, I'd be super pissed because I'd be thinking, listen, and are we trying to win? I guess you were yes, maybe you aren't as good as the 13-3 record is, but you were still 13 and 3 last year. And right. maybe your front office thinks, like, you know, all we need to do is tinker a little bit to, to be better. But, like, how about a wide receiver that, that, can, that can be there for the next five years as Aaron Rodgers goes off into his twilight? Yeah. And, you know, and, and I, I, alluded, I alluded to it a little bit on, you know, when I went live real quick. Right. Right. I think you're going to see Rodgers come out pissed, chip on his shoulder, and maybe that's what they wanted to see. That, that that's I, didn't get, I didn't get drafted as the number one overall pick. I got this chip, and maybe he comes out and says, now you're going to pay me that 40 mil because you're going to want to keep me around for the next four years. No, right. And, and again, I think, I think the reality is I don't think he's going anywhere. 
I think he's around for the next four or five years. I think, again, I think the Packers are just playing with house money. Like, they're just fucking around at this point. When they could have gone out and got a wide receiver, they could have went out and surrounded him with a bunch of talent. Instead, they went out and drafted a third running back and a quarterback of the future. It's just kind of weird. And, like, I love your analysis on it, and I think you're spot on. And I think you can point to all the positives in the world. But if we were one game away from the Super Bowl, I'd be like, what are we doing to get to the Super Bowl? Right. And I don't think a third running back and, and, a, and a backup quarterback is the way to go. I mean, I think, I think they drafted him to not be the third running back. but Correct. Correct. He is, I, I think you're going to see a little bit of the – probably a, actually a really bad comparison. I was going to say like a Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis, but Aaron Jones is a lot better than Deion Lewis. Right. But I think you're going to see a, a lot more of – like him, uh, Dylan, and Jones on the field at the same time where um, <clears throat> Jones will run out in motion and you're going to see a lot more passes to running backs this right. year. And I think that's where they're going to go with it. Right. And, no, you know, and maybe Funchess is just enough. And I'm going to – I can't believe – I mean, he's my namesake, so he's going to be mad nice. There it is. There it is. Speaking of quarterback controversy – the mm-hmm. Bills went out and drafted Jake Fromm <laughs> to compete against Josh Allen. Yes. I mean, it made sense because they need someone to throw the ball to Diggs because Josh Allen can't complete any passes because he's what? Shots fired. 5%. Shots fired. No, I mean, I mean, I get it. You need you need the the you need the players mm-hmm. that might fit in your in your scheme. So, what do you think about how the Bills did Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Well, first of all, I nailed it. I think I should be an in in NFL GM. I said we needed a running back. I said we needed an edge. I said we needed cornerbacks. And I said we needed wide receivers. And I said in the first two rounds, we're either going to take an edge and a running back or running back and an edge. And what did we do? Exactly what I said. So hats off to me. <laughs> um, overall, <laughs> overall, I thought they did exactly what they needed to do. And I, I will say I was a little bit – I thought the first two rounds, they nailed it, right? So they didn't have a first-round pick. That went to Diggs. In the, in the second round, they drafted A.J. Epinesa out of Iowa. Loved that pick. And I, I really first like round that. talent. He's not flashy, but he's technical. He's, he's solid. He's going to be able to slide into that Shaq Lawson spot. Yeah. Um, and he's also he, – he's not expected to be a superstar right off the bat, and he's got a lot of guys that he can learn from, so I love it. And then they went and got Zach Moss, the running back out of Utah, who – he can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He can do all of those things. And I love that the first thing that they did is they went out and they addressed those two needs that I felt like they really needed to do, right? They lose Frank Gore. They lose Shaq Lawson. Like I said, Jerry Hughes is getting old. You need somebody on the edge that can rush the pack, passer. And I think those two right away. And then after that, they went and got Gabriel Davis out of UCF. And, you know, I'm foolish to look at ESPN and kind of how they rank players. And his ranking was a little bit lower than what a fourth-round pick would look like. But then everything that I've read since then is like that this guy's a great pick for them. One, he's like 6'3". He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's a burner. He, he, all he does is run vertical routes, posts, slants, all that stuff. So, like, in my mind, it fits exactly what they mean. Because, like, as, as far as everybody thought, John, John Brown was going to be kind of like the burner. And he turned, into, turned out to be a pretty good just, average, you know, wide receiver that runs a whole bunch of different routes. Yeah. Beasley's doing all the slot stuff underneath. Diggs is a stud. And this guy can come in and just – run deep routes and be six three and catch all the balls up in the air and everything that i've read is that that pick's a great pick then they went out and got jake from and whatever it's a fifth round pick 
it's a it's an it's an it doesn't hurt them in any way it doesn't cost them anything matt barkley's got one year as a backup on his contract um they get to see what this guy can do what he can figure out they got five years to see if he can play he won a national championship as a freshman everybody said he was going to be the number one pick he faded a little bit in the last couple of years but you know what he's still an sec quarterback who put up pretty good numbers so like I mean, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing bad about that pick. Nope. I was a little confused when they went and picked a kicker next. That was a little odd. Though it is Mel Kuyper's number one overall pick kicker. However, they picked a kicker. But, I mean, you didn't draft a kicker in the second round like Tampa Bay. No, and we drafted a kicker later than the Patriots. And since I compare everything that we do to the Patriots, we didn't draft a kicker before the Patriots, and we drafted the best kicker. So we're better than the Patriots. See what I just did there? But we drafted a kicker. Um, we got Hauschka. He's pretty good, but he's old. We pay him a lot of money. Hopefully this guy sticks around. I don't know if he can be a good kicker. And then we went out and drafted uh, a wide receiver, another big guy. I think he's like 6'2", 6'3". And then we grabbed a, a cornerback from Pittsburgh. Overall so, – Hold on. Can I, can I get that? You drafted two wide receivers? We drafted two wide receivers, D. Two big old 6'3", 6'2", guys. And, and the thing I read about him, and this is what I like about Brandon being the GM. And I know I, I could have just thrown shade uh, on Green Bay, but I deflected back to the Bills. What I like about Bean is when he, when he drafts guys, there seems to be a purpose. Both of these guys, they, everything that the, the scout said about them is they have great hands. So they're guys that can catch the ball. They might not be the best route runners. They might not be the fastest guys on the, on the field. But when you got a guy like Josh Allen, who's not the most accurate guy in the world, and when he is throwing the ball, he throws it about 80,000 miles per hour, you need people with good hands. And so yeah. I, in my mind, they're probably looking at it and saying, like, this guy's not always going to be throwing it right to the spot where it needs to be, so we need guys that have hands. We need big guys so we can just throw it up there to see if they can catch it. That's my guess. You know, you could have an exquisite route runner, but if Josh Allen can't put it there, it's not going to help. And, again, I hope Josh Allen gets better, but, like, We'll, we'll see. But overall, I thought they did really well. I thought they, they addressed all the needs that they had, all the needs that I thought they had. Um, you got a young quarterback. You got a kicker of the future. You got a running back who can pair nicely with, with Singletary. I did, they just did all the things I wanted them to do. They shored up all the spots. And then I know today with the undrafted free agents, they went out and cleaned up the offensive line a little bit and, and picked some other guys up. I just love what they're doing. I love what their GM is doing. He's been good since he came in. That's great. I didn't even look to see what the Packers did today with undrafted free agents. I was just too disgusted to even see. I mean, maybe they picked up some wide receivers. I bet you they did. What is it, like the 30th, 31st, and 32nd? Listen, man, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe. they picked up some diamonds in the rough. Hey, maybe Victor Cruz comes out of retirement. Right, something. Do his little That's dance. Us. All right, let's get you away from the Packers. The other right. news in the NFL today. Yeah. Jameis Winston agreed to sign a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints. On the same day, the Saints re-upped their backup quarterback, Hill, for three years and $21 million. Taysom Hill, two, three years. I saw two years, 21. So Okay, maybe two. Maybe two years, 21. Either way, Winston to the Saints. I think that's crazy because we talked about – Taysom Hill, how they want, the, how the Saints want him to be their quarterback of the future. 
but you're signing, you're going to sign Jameis Winston to be Breeze's backup in case someone gets hurt, but you can't trust Taysom Hill to be that backup so, to win games. That's how I'm looking at it. That's how so I see it. Like I, I, I thought that, and then, you know, I think the reality is, and this is kind of what we were just talking about the Packers, the Saints are pretty close to the Super Bowl. They are very close. They have a, they have a Hall of Fame quarterback at the end of his career, and, and my guess is Taysom Hill is such a big part of their offense, not, not under center, right? He's a big part of their offense in the slot, you know, running the ball, whatever it is that he does, that I think to make a run at the Super Bowl, to have him as their backup quarterback is probably less valuable than having him as the do-it-all guy. And to have somebody like Jameis Winston who, and again, this is a guy that throws the ball to the other team a lot, but he also knows how to throw the ball downfield. He knows how to hit receivers. He's a capable quarterback who's had success in this league. Maybe not the success that you would want a number one overall pick to have, but like still success. You bring that guy into camp, he can learn under Sean Payton, he can learn under, under Drew Brees, and it doesn't take Taysom Hill away from all the other things that he does really well. At some point, they're going to have to transition him to quarterback if, if for real he is the future. Yep. But I think at this point, they figure if we're going to make this run to the Super Bowl, we need him to be doing everything. Because they didn't go – I mean, I don't know what they did in the draft, but I don't think they went out and picked up a bunch of wide receivers or playmakers to, to kind of fill in for him. Yeah, I, that, that team, though, is scary. Even if Breeze falls out and gets hurt, like you have Winston coming in and just that squad, I, it makes me think of them and Dallas, what they did with getting um, CeeDee Lamb to add to Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott and what the Bucks did, even though they went, you know, Jameis, they had a good offense. Now their defense is going to get better, but that offense is just going to be ridiculous and right. it just – frustrates me more thinking about the Packers draft. So everything's going to come back to the Packers draft. <laughs> Man. Well, you know, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, I, I think that's kind of my, my whole point about, like, I like that you put on your, like, fan, but understanding the business side is that, like, often as fans, we're forced into doing that because the team tells us, well, we've got to think about the future. And I, I think one of the things I like about what the Saints did here is that they didn't, they didn't mortgage the now for the future. And the reality is, I, the other thing I keep thinking about Winston is like that guy, you know, he had his ups and downs in Tampa Bay, but this was the first year that he was under Bruce Arians. So this was a new offense. They asked him to do a lot. Arians likes to chuck the ball. The guy threw 30 touchdowns, but he threw 30 interceptions. And like, if this guy's under center for a team that isn't, you know, that isn't a first year coach trying to do the most, trying to get his team to learn a new offense, like, Everybody on that Saints team knows what they're doing already. He's just coming in and getting to learn under Breeze. And, and yeah, I mean, if Breeze does go out or if, if, if Jameis gets his opportunity, you might see a different quarterback than the one you saw in Tampa Bay. Yeah. No, I agree. So let's move on to the other leagues. NBA and NHL have announced, kind of, I'm not even sure if NHL has really announced it, but both leagues have announced that they're going to resume some type of workout preparation plans to get the league moving again. Let's yeah. start with the NBA since in just a couple of days, they're going to allow facilities to reopen in States where there is no stay at home laws. So the Celtics will not be participating in their practice. The Knicks will not be doing that. Correct. And I'm surprised they talked about LA because I felt like LA was a pretty large hot spot for. Yeah. COVID. Again, this is – and let's be clear. We talked about this a little bit earlier. It, it, the facilities are reopening. 
there is no group exercising or working out. There are no team oriented exercises. This is, you know, like we were talking about, this is people coming in for individual workouts, getting shots up, probably have to schedule time. It, it, it's not something where teams are going to be able to start running drills, but it's, it's opening facilities back up to let players play basically. What I do like is I think they're making it possible for everyone to have access and not right. allowing just the team yeah. that that facility is in to go to that practice meet or that practice facility. So like if a Celtic player lives in Houston and that facility is open, they can go shoot around for whatever. My guess is they'll probably do some kind of schedule where you get an hour, but you have to leave, you know, you have to leave five minutes before the end of your hour. So that way the next leave out this door, you go in this door. Yeah. So, so well, and, and, and that's the thing, like, and, and you know, what we, what we don't know about COVID-19 is, is the most jarring thing of this whole thing. And we don't know when, you know, things are going to get better. We hope that they're going to get better sooner rather than later. I do like the fact that they're opening up facilities, but they're not saying, Hey, let's go full tilt. Or not even that they're even saying, like, let's bring the team together. This is literally just an opportunity for players to get some shots up in a gym. There'll probably be one or two other people there to kind of get them ready to play, get them healthy, and then they'll be on their way. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a good thing. I hope it doesn't turn into something it shouldn't be, like all of a sudden we find out that people are playing three-on-three three and there's people on the sidelines and stuff like that. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah. The NHL has announced that – on June 1st. Well, actually, you know, let me back up. No, let me didn't let me not say that the NHL has announced because they haven't. All I've read is that a tweet from a player that said, as of June 1st, they're going to resume preparation for the finish of the regular season with plans to do the Stanley Cup playoffs. Thoughts on that? Uh, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, actually said that he was planning a four arena plan okay. to open the season okay. back up. Um, do something like three games a day, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Edmonton Oilers, and Minnesota, Minnesota Wild right now are, the, are three of the four that they're discussing because they're not in big um, hotspots for COVID. Okay. You know, and then they said that they would not entertain the idea of even bringing fans back in okay. until government – and government leaders and medical the medical field actually says you know let's let's start doing this and you know i think we've talked about it before like you're not going to see the 15,000 people maybe you'll see 6,000 to start and then it'll go up as as they go um and then you know th they want to do a little bit more of the regular season to get everyone get their legs back and then do a full playoffs. So I, I think they've actually been, they've been the most quiet, I think, of all the leagues, because I think they're just working on it um, and trying to figure out what's the best fit for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I hope it works. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm starting to get itchy. I'm ready to have something back on there. And because WWE is not doing it. I haven't watched it since WrestleMania. It's just because <laughs> at least it's sports. They're reacting naturally. Like, they're not re reacting naturally in WWE. And when there's no one to respond to your freak out, like it's kind of, it's not like, at least there's teammates right. in sports. They're still going to be happy. They're going to, you know, maybe instead of high fives, they might give some elbow daps or something, or they might, might dance, you know, to celebrate. But like, 
I just I, I'm ready. So let's do it. Well, in hockey, they wear gloves, so they'll be able to high five. There you go. I just yeah. I mean, again, so we're about a month out from that June first date, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess my my biggest questions are the logistics of all of it. Well, the logistics, right? So let the logistics aside. Like throw that to the side. These players are going to all come together and train in the same space then. Um, and that, that's a little worrisome. Obviously, the, the overarching ideas of, like, how often these players are going to get tested, who's interacting with them, you know, are the people that – the trainers and the people that are by their side all the time, are those people going to be going home, going out, interacting with people? Are they getting tested? Um, but one of the things that, like, I'm not really sure of is – so they talked about the Europe, the Euro, a lot of the European players, right? They're yeah. over in Europe. They're quarantined. Those guys are going to have to come over here, and I assume quarantine for at least 14 days. So those guys got to get over here now. Yeah, I think that they. What I read is they're going to start bringing are them we, over. Are we? You know, are we are they coming? You know, they're going to have to make sure that they're in places where they can get they can get to the United States, or they can get to Canada if Edmonton is one of the places. Um, are they going to be allowed into those places? And then when they get there, are they, where are they going to quarantine? They're going to have to probably, I assume, be in a hotel somewhere. And it's just like, to me, and I'm sure this stuff has already been thought out. I, I'm not in any rooms with these people having these meetings. But, like, it just seems like a month is a short period of time to take however many hundreds of players, get them into four places, keep them away from the rest of the world in those places, and – and get them ready to play games. And the getting them ready for play games is the least of my concern. And even though those places aren't necessarily hot spots, there are still going to be people there that are sick. And so I assume like they're going to be in a hotel where no one else is staying. They're not going to be able to leave that hotel. They're going to have to go right from that hotel to the rink. And so like, who's preparing the food for them? Where are they eating? How are they eating? There's just, and again, I don't like to be negative in these situations because like you, I want sports to come back just like I want everything else to come back. But I worry that rushing these things leads to kind of you know us seeing these cases jump back up and I hope that's not the case and, and I know that you know with the NBA reopening facilities but there hasn't even been any talk about when they're going to resume actual basketball right and so the right. fact that the NHL is already saying like well June 1st is when we want to get it going again or when we want to start playing games or training or whatever like it just seems like in my mind in this process to announce a date of when you're going to start playing is foolish because in a week from now, those places that aren't hotspots could become hotspots. They probably won't, but right. they could be, right? And so to say, like, June 1st, we're going to get it going means that if on, you know, May May 25th, it's not working, you've got to go out and say, listen, guys, we failed. It's not going to happen. And now you've got all these people situated in spaces away from their families in, in unknown cities where they maybe have never been before, sitting in hotels, doing nothing, and you can't start a season. And that's super pessimistic, and I can't believe I just went on that rant. But it's like, I just it, the fact that you say June first just seems like it's 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 a mistake, right? Like I think you need to say, you know, we're going to try and get the season going, and if it, it, if they can get everybody over here, get them into the cities where they need to they need to train, get them training, and then you say, okay, everything's going the way we want. In two weeks, we're going to start playing. I think that's the smarter play than this. Well, only time will tell. Hopefully they come out with a good plan. I mean, I, I think, you know, since it came out and leaked, I think we're going to start seeing more of what they have on their mind. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. Like, I, I think you're right in the fact that we're all excited. Like, we're all hopeful that sports can come back. I was just saying today, 
uh, to Katie, like sports was like that one thing that we always could count on being there. Like we never had to worry about sports going away because there was always something happening. It's like a right. week a year where like, there's not like a major sport going on. Right. And now all of a sudden there's nothing happening. And the idea of it coming back seems really exciting. I just worry that like this idea of like saying in a month, we're going to be playing meaningful NHL games in four cities around the, the North America region. And it's going to be great. Yeah. And I know they're not saying that, but that's kind of like, the impetus of what's what's you know being thought about and i just worry that that putting that a month away seems it seems very close it's very close i no, hope it happens i want it to happen give me yeah. hockey. i mean it's not as close as our birthday no no but it's close no not we're not there yet you're turning 40 surprise, turning surprise people I'm looking forward to going live for our first long live session we're going, we're, so it's going to be a long session? Is this it? Are we talking about this right now? Yeah, I mean, let it out, right? Let, let the people know. May 8th, we'll be live. May 8th, Friday, May 8th, we'll go live. Devin turns 40. There'll be shots. There'll be beers. Yeah. It'll get weird. I mean. We even not talking about sports that day. I don't know. So let's get out there. Shoot us some questions. We'll do yes. a quick Q&A if we need to or we want to. Who knows what we're going to do? Let us know what you want to hear from us. Because I know, I know Ethan said I'm turning 40, but that same day, he's turning 39. Still so. a year younger, brother. Still a year younger. <laughs> Any last words for these people out there? Nope. Stay safe. That's about it. Right. Stay safe, be well, and go watch The Last Dance. We'll see you guys next time.